We've grown up in a different world. We've been programmed that deflation is a bad thing. Hello there from Bedford. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Kraken, the best place to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got an interview with Jeff Booth to discuss the myth of inflation. But before that, I have a message from my show sponsors. So first up today, we have my newest sponsor, Casa, the best in Bitcoin security. So I think it's a good time to talk about security. How serious are you taking it? Have you got good practices in place? I know I had let mine slip over the last year. It was something I needed to look at. Something more robust was needed. I thought about Casa for a while. I've kind of put it off for a while. Then I got in touch with the team. I said, come on, it's time for me to have the Casa solution. And with the potential for Bitcoin seeing significant gains over the next year, with everything crazy going on in the world, it was important for me to get this in place now. So I signed up and I am now a Casa customer which has given me so much peace of mind. I signed up as a Casa Platinum customer, which itself is $150 a month, but they do have a gold option if it's something you want to consider. It costs $10 a month, which will give you a more robust security protection for your Bitcoin. With a single hardware wallet, you get triple the security protection for your Bitcoin. So it's really a no-brainer to try it out, and Casa is offering a free one-month trial. You can find out more about that at trial.keys.casa. And if you're interested in Platinum or Diamond, just head over to keys.casa which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. Also, we have Sportsbet. Have you checked out sportsbet.io yet? The best place for online gaming, and they also accept Bitcoin. So you Bitcoin gamers, you can get on there. You can start betting with your Bitcoin. And with football back, oh my God, it's so good to have football back. I've missed it so much, though I really am looking forward to getting the crowds back in the stadium. Should be a couple of games, and Liverpool will also be crowned champions. But it isn't just the Premier League. Serie A and La Liga is also back. And with Sportsbet, you've got a chance to win big. You can take part in their weekly leaderboard promotion and win signed shirts from Lionel Messi and Christian Ronaldo, claim cash prizes, and also claim free bets for four weeks in a row. If you want to find out more, head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions. And Sportsbet is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O. All right, and on to the show today, and I have Jeff Booth on to talk about deflation and Bitcoin. Jeff is the author of The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future, and he is a big believer in Bitcoin. So, like most people who know a little bit about economics, I did it at school, I did it at A-level, got myself a C, which I was pretty proud of because I had no idea what I was doing. But I was taught Keynesian economics, and I was taught about inflation being good for the economy, and we often hear of the target inflation rate and most governments target around 2% inflation and this is seen for a successful and healthy economy because if inflation drops then it's a big red flag because of the big fear of deflation and I went along with it. I never questioned it myself until I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, learned a little bit more about Austrian economics, sound money and the gold standard and you start to realise that this is all a bit bullshit and it's all a bit flawed and everything that's happening in the economy right now, well, everything that happened in 2008 and now is highlighting the problems with a Keynesian-based economy, inflation-based economy. So the conversation with Jeff was really interesting. We get into how inflation actually plays a role in growing inequality and division and why we're seeing a growth in populism because of this. And uh, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. So it's really good. Really enjoyed talking about it, especially as Jeff is a Bitcoiner. If you have any questions about the show, if you want to reach out to me or about anything, you can do. It's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Also, if you want to support the show, can you leave me a review on iTunes? They really help with the ranking. And also check out Defiance. Got so many cool shows happening on there. That's it, defiance.news. Anyway, have a great week and I will see you soon. Jeff, how are you? Great, Peter. Yourself? 
Yes, doing very well. Very well, thank you. Great to have you on the show. Um, I had Preston Pish on the show the other day, and uh, he talked about you. And I'd seen you around, but I hadn't read your book. And I saw somebody else mentioned you. I think it was Isaiah Jackson. He is pushing okay. your book yep, yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's making its rounds right now, for sure. It is. And it's a funny thing, right? I studied economics at school. I did uh, In the UK, we had something called A-levels, which is your last two years of school. I did economics. And we were talk- taught about Keynesian theory. And it was just something that stuck with me for, I would say, my whole life until I discovered Bitcoin. And then we've gone in this world where people are telling me, no, Pete, like, deflation's okay. You don't, you don't need to be scared of deflation. Inflation's just a tool of the government. And here you are writing a book telling us to embrace deflation. So before we get into it, can you give me, just give me the background, give me the, give me the Jeff story, how you ended up becoming an author writing about deflation, because there must be a story behind this. <laughs> the, um, the story, or the, or the story is I never wanted to write a book. It's the last thing I wanted to do. In fact, I'm a technology entrepreneur. I've been a technology entrepreneur most of my life, and I, and I see how fast technology is moving. And, and I see what governments are doing to stop deflation from happening, and technology is deflationary. And so when I put those two things together and I, see, uh, and I saw what would the logical consequences of that action, technology is a bigger force than the governments can stop, I realized my kids wouldn't grow up in the same world I grew up in. Um, they wouldn't have the same chances. The whole next generation wouldn't have the same opportunities unless something was done about it. So I, I wrote the book as a protest to that. Um, so as, a, as, a, as, 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 as something for my kids. And, and I wrote it, obviously, before everything that's happening right now. Um, and, mm-hmm. it predict, and it predicts all of these things. Um, and so it predicts the next things as well. And so it, it's turned out to be a really important book right now. Yeah, so it is funny because when I was reading it, I was like, well, sorry, I say reading it, I was listening to the audio book, but I didn't actually look at the date of release. What was the date of release? January 14th. This, uh, this okay. year, and so you imagine writing a book. Yeah, you don't. You don't you, you, I didn't write it in December. You, no. it, it, it took me eighteen months before that. But but then, just literally everything that's happening. Obviously, it didn't predict COVID, but it it talks about there being an event that unwinds the system, and uh, and COVID is just a triggering event. It, it has nothing to do with COVID. It's a triggering event. Yeah, a lot of people have talked about it. it's like the the pin that, that burst the bubble. How much did two thousand and eight influence you? Um, it did. It, it, it for sure influenced me because the rules of capitalism were so distorted um, in that. But it, I I realized actually it was happening before two thousand and eight, and so this is something I've been talking about for a long time. It's, quite simply, it's this: technology is doubling every 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 eighteen months to two years. And, and for, for, for your listeners, imagine folding a piece of paper on itself. And you can only fold a piece of paper uh, on itself seven times before you can't fold it anymore. But imagine you could keep folding. And you could keep folding that paper 50 times. That piece of paper would reach from... I know the, the answer. Exactly. From the, um, it, goes to, it goes to the sun, right? Sun, yeah. And Let me tell you something funny. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know if it's I heard you saying this in another interview because of it but i actually tried to explain this to my daughter i was like if you f- i showed her a piece of paper i said if you fold this 50 times you know how big would it be and she was like 
Uh, and she did it with like her hands. Yep. And she did like half a meter. And I was like, no, no, no. It'd be bigger than that. And I explained to her, she's only 10, that it would go to the sun. And I tried to talk her through it. And she wouldn't have it. So I did it on a calculator. I showed her on a calculator. And even on the calculator, yep. she wouldn't have it. So I I came up with that analogy about 10 years ago to be able to explain it. And I've asked people, I've asked tens of thousands of people, stages all over the world about this. And and most people answer less than your daughter did. Most people answer about two inches. And and you only know the answer if you've heard the answer before. And and so what? why that's critical is we believe we understand how fast technology is moving, but we don't have a clue. We have no clue how fast it's moving because if you can't answer that question off the top of your head and how 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 much it is at, at old fifty five, you can, you have no idea how fast technology is moving. Mm. That's why it's so important because if that's the case, we're likely to misunderstand how fast technology is moving. And technology gives us abundance, right? Technology technology drives. Are you going to give up your phone? You're, look at look at what's on your look at what's on your phone. It's it's now your for me. It's my guitar tuner. It's my AI assistant. It's Google. It's all of my information. It's my camera. It's my it's my video player. It's everything. I'm all in the palm of my hand for almost no cost. Right, all of those things are free, and and so that's the power of technology. In fact, we use technology to re- to make things more efficient to reduce jobs to give us more power so we don't have to do the things. That force and that doubling force is coming up against previous economic systems. And and there's no way those previous economic systems will survive. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. I've got this other podcast. So I do the Bitcoin one. Jeff and I've got this other one called Defiance where I've, I do other topics. I cover Bitcoin in it, but like I cover broader subjects. And I, I did this show called The Good, The Bad, and The Orwellian: The Future of Technology. And I ended up speaking to this guy about Synbio. And at the same time, I think it was around the same time, I also heard an interview with Elon Musk talking about uh, neural links. Neural link. My, yeah, his so- CEO is a friend of mine. Uh, oh. His CEO of Neuralace is uh, is a friend of mine. Interesting. Well, so I, I listened to that, and then I did this interview. Oh, I should have written it down his name. I'm really bad with names, but this guy who uh, he's an author, but he does a lot of research in synthetic biology, and he does this really interesting thing where he talks about the fact that you know we have uh, he, he says eight hundred thousand people a year commit suicide, and then of those you get a handful of people who, when they commit suicide, will take out as many people with them, with them as they can. So you had the Vega shooter or the German wings pilot. And he said, the limit, the limit most of them have is technology. But now in a world where you have uh, uh, viruses that you can manipulate and CRISPR and things, he said, we are a few steps technology from solving all the world's problems, but in the wrong hand, Indian humanity. <laughs> so, so, so I wrote about this in my book because yeah. I'm, I'm very close with a lot of the top AI researchers and how fast it's moving. And you don't want an AI owned by a corporation or a government, right? If it's if in, in the, the Lord Acton quote, "Power corrupts, absolute power absolute corrupts, power. corrupts absolutely." And 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 so the nature of technology—it's not technology is a bad thing. Concentrated technology in the wrong hands is a really bad thing. 
and uh, and and so that concentration risk of of what's happening in technology, we're, we could easily be pawns in a system. Right. So power crops, absolute power crops, absolutely. Power in the hands of AI, we're all completely fucked. <laughs> not not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. If, if if AI is uh, designed by great people and everything else with 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 uh, with, with, with systems, maybe it's. Maybe it makes better decisions than us. Yeah. Well, it's all interesting, right? There's all these things coming to head right at one time, whether it's technology, money, financial systems, politics, social unrest. Like, every, like this is the year 2020 where we're going to look back and say this was like a really pivotal time. But I do, I do want to get back to your book because there's some really important things in there. But I do want to ask you something, right? So naturally a lot of people out there – don't agree on things, which is why we have a lot of unrest and lots of disagreement at the moment. It could be global warming. You have those who believe global warming is caused by humans. You have those who disagree with it and think it is just some government propaganda to uh, to create new taxes. You have, you know, it can come down to specific, specific policies with regard to uh, how countries should run. You have libertarians. You have people who believe in the state. With regards to economics, you talk about why we should embrace deflation, although my take isn't that we need to live in a deflationary society. My take from your book is that it's actually a bit like most free market thinkers, that you believe whether we go through periods of inflation, deflation, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, let the market do what it should do, but but we should not be scared of deflation. Okay. So is that a, is that a fair take? So I take it one further uh, through the okay. through the book, uh, but but in and because of first principles thinking in first principles but at a, at a high level yes right and and the reason for that is you cannot have night without day right there is no light without mm-hmm. darkness there is no economic system that works if you protect it from failing okay right and so deflation is a natural order of things in an economic system and if you if you change all the rules to stop it you're warping you're warping any system so it's systematic, and and so let's let's think about some of the consequences. I'm sure I'm sure on your show I've heard it on lots of podcasts. Everybody's talking about those those terrible CEOs that are asking for bail bailouts right now. Imagine it from their world. You've created a system where the government says negative interest rates, where the government says, "I am going to punish you. Your cash is going to be worth less next year if you keep it." And so if that CEO doesn't, if, if that CEO keeps cash, he's fired because the next CEO is, is buying back their stocks and that CEO looks like a boob in that, in that system. So what does that CEO do? Buys back stocks, gets rid of cash. The government is saying, don't keep cash, right? Leverage at all costs. And so they leverage up because you have this economic system designed for leverage. And then mm-hmm. when anything happens, any extraordinary any event happens, they, all these people are going to be let go and they say, I need a bailout. And so the government comes in and gives a bailout and they further warp capitalism. And the irony is those, those bailouts protect prices from falling. And then the government has to reach into the other side of all the people that were hurt by that and give them more money to pay for artificially high prices that they created in the first place. It's insanity. It's absolutely ins- insanity. And, and so your question on that normal course, normal mar- free markets allow that to cleanse 
they allowed they they allow people who took risks take uh, cleanse the system and go through, but we're not allowing normal normal course. Now, even if with that, if you add that's the normal, if you're looking backwards, if you look forwards against what's happening in technology, how fast it's going, deflation is inevitable, and it, and constant deflation is inevitable because because it's moving so fast we can't keep up with how fast that's moving across society and that means jobs are coming out no matter what and if you would let the prices fall along the natural order um the price the, the jobs were coming out you wouldn't have people left out of society right um economics is is, is economics is about scarcity not value and and i can prove it right it, you're, the, okay. the, mo the most important thing right now in your life and mine, more than anything else, is the air you're breathing. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you paying for it? Because it's because it's, it's abundant. It, because it's abundant. It's everywhere. It's abundant. Yeah. That technology creates that everywhere, and 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 if you would allow that to happen, that's what would happen for society. The the path that technology would be broadly shared across society as prices came, came down. You'd have abundance everywhere. It would take time. You'd have to go through the cycle anyways that's going to have to clean, cleanse the excesses. But it's hard to even think like that because we've grown up in a totally different world. It's, it's so hard for our brains to accept what I'm saying, just like mm -hmm. it's hard to accept the 50 folds to the sun. You, have, you look it up on the internet after you hear it um, because... because we've grown up in a different world we've been programmed that that is a deflation is a bad thing well that's it's funny you should say that because even when i heard it the thing to the sun and i'm sure it was you i'm sure it was you maybe it's preston or whoever mentioned it i was still like yeah bullshit it's not the sun <laughs> <laughs> like may, maybe a skyscraper isn't it's, it's not the sun it's not the sun and then i looked it up and then i still didn't trust it so i, exactly. got, out a cal I got out a calculator and i went times two i had my daughter counts at 50 i went times two times two times two and then i got the number and then i measured it and i was like yeah fuck takes you <laughs> totally and that's pretty normal yeah. that's actually why i say we you, you can't accept a lot of the things that you hear but you it's so oh. easy to do they just reinforce on themselves and you build your foundations of knowledge on previous misinformation and yeah. and 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 in this case because tech it, maybe it's better to use an example Right. Blockbuster versus Netflix. Everybody laughs at why Blockbuster didn't buy Netflix for $50 million and those terrible execs. What was the only thing they missed? How fast technology was moving. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing they missed. Because when technology changed Blockbuster or Netflix from a email, sorry, a mail catalog business, right? Mail back and forth DVDs to download remember what it, what it looked like at that point yeah I, I, we, you could download a, a video download a video in 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 four days nobody's gonna do it a, yeah we had a different one what was the one we had in love film in the uk yeah they were, and you used to be able to sign up and it would be posted to you right yeah and then you'd you'd send it back but i was like uh you know i'm still gonna go to blockbuster because i want to go and look on the warm and i want it now Totally. And the problem, the problem with the the posting of the DVD, whilst it saved your trip to the the store, you didn't have the immediacy. And as yep. soon as it went to download, as soon as you had immediacy, it's like, right, well, don't need that. 
So what changed, right? All, all that changed technology. is the, the technology. And, they, and people missed uh, how, uh, how fast that changed. And it left, well, when you said Love Video or Blockbuster, it left 9,000 stores with, it's over. The game is over in a minute. And that's, that's yeah. how, so by the way, that thing is what governments are doing right now to society as technology, uh, as technology takes its course. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah, but let me ask you something. Don't, don't you miss going to Blockbuster? I used to love that. Um, I don't because I always paid I, I because I always paid late fees. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, but I used to love it. I used to love going like on a Friday night. You would go down with a friend and you'd just walk around the racks and you'd look what's out and then, like that, that and then you'd buy some popcorn. I I used to love that as an experience. I do I do miss that as an experience, but but of course I've got Netflix now. I'm not asking and, for it to come back. Yeah, and 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 again, here's the thing we. We believe Walmart versus Main Street, right? Amazon versus uh, uh, today. Today, we'll, what we'll say is, "Oh, we love this old time," but we won't support it, right? We'll go to the new thing that's easier and faster and better, and, and we have more abundance and more cho- more choice. So, if it was a if it was an economic model that was viable, and a lot of people chose it instead of Netflix, it would still be alive. Right, so let, let me ask you a couple of other things before we, we go a little bit deeper on this. So firstly, there's obviously a lot of economic thinkers, the Krugman, the Paul Krugman types, <laughs> who believe in inflation, they believe deflation is dangerous, etc. So you've released, you've you've written a book, and let's be honest, you're not a, an economist by nature, right? Like nope. You're not like an economics professor or such. Have what's the kind of feedback been? Obviously, there'll be a bunch of people like Bitcoin people will be like, "Well, this is what we've been saying." Jeff's got it right, but there must have been some people who've come to you and said, "No, you've got it wrong." And, and so the question I'm really asking: Have you gone into any specific debates around this? Also, have you managed to change anyone's mind? Yes, lots, lots. It, it, it's it's hard to read read my book, and because it's it's fact based, it's first principles. It's it's hard to actually read that and say. No, I'm not saying there's going to people. Some people that are going to take the opposite view. There's a whole bunch of wealth cre- uh, created by the opposite view, right? If you have assets and everything else, and, and and a whole bunch of leverage, the last thing you want is deflation. And so mm-hmm. you'll fight you'll fight that at all costs and keep the system going, because your personal your personal wealth is caught caught up in uh, uh, in, in this. But it's hard actually to read that book. And uh, and and come to any other conclusion than what what I said. The editor in chief of the Globe and Mail, Canada's leading paper, told me he said you prosecuted this argument. It's actually it's impossible to refute what you've said. The problem I keep thinking of is how do we get there? How do um, and and one of the top economists in Canada. I'm not going to say his name because he's in the system. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He said to me, your book made me question everything I went to school for, right? Everything I teach, right? He's an economist professor now and everything I teach goes, and how could you see it? And no one else can see it. And, and it takes a lot of times it, it takes somebody outside the system. That's what an entrepreneur does, right? Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur says, why does it look like this? It's going here. And they build to where it's going, where the pucks go, where the old, old Wayne Gretzky quote, skate, uh, shoot, skate to where the puck's going, not where it is. 
And so they build to where it is. Was he the uh, was he the guy who transferred to the Kings? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I watched a documentary about him on Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and and if that entrepreneur is right to where the puck is going or where the then they create tons of wealth as a as a different business uh, falls and there there's wins. What's happening today? So I think it actually takes an outside view. An outside view is way more likely to see what's happening than an inside view. Right. For the same so, for the same for the same reason that we talked about before. If yeah. you can't, if you can't question those base formations that you've been taught all your life, if you can't actually, actually look deeper and say, is this true, or is it just true because I want it to be true because I thought it all the time, I've always believed it, then it's hard, it's really hard to get out of that cycle. So Satoshi is an entrepreneur and inventor. Exactly. An inventor more than an entrepreneur in some ways because we don't know if he we, we don't know yeah. yeah have claimed and they may may never do but certainly an inventor has used technology because they saw where something's going okay I've got got two other questions before we we dive in the first one you might not not want to answer because it's like it's a personal question but like politically has it changed you in that you know for me I, I was certainly a, a someone who was just a state status believed in the state i would vote every four elections i didn't vote in the last election i'm certainly moving towards becoming more libertarian in thinking but i'm not a full libertarian yet there's things i struggle with for example you know right now this thing that a monopoly uh, the monopoly power apple has in the app store i really struggle with something like that so i'm not a full libertarian but i certainly appreciate a lot of the thoughts of the libertarians so my first question is has going through the process of making this book uh, writing this book and studying for it uh, has it changed you politically are you libertarian in thinking are you a libertarian and the second question is were you a bitcoiner before you wrote the book or did you discover bitcoin during the process of writing the book and it made sense like i'm just trying to piece together the journey um so so the first the first question is uh i hate i hate labels i cannot stand okay. being uh, it being so Libertarian, conservative, liberal, anything else. I cannot stand being put in a box. As an cool. entrepreneur, Jeff is this technology entrepreneur, everything else, everybody talks about. If they, what I try to do is get out, because I'm curious about a whole bunch of things, right? And so when people label me, it's just, a, it, it, labels are a really easy way to say that you belong to this group, right? Okay. And I can't not stand and, and and it's it's actually it's a way that we try to aggregate power, right? Mm -hmm. And and they and we take these labels, and then we and it's because we care so much about belonging, right? That well, they become identity, right? It, it, they, exactly, and we and we identify with these people. But what it does is it also creates us versus them, because we mm -hmm. wouldn't but we wouldn't belong to a group unless it was the best group. And then that basket, and then, then we say those other people, right? They don't. And and today in the world, what's happening is is that power is manip is so manipulative mm -hmm. over you um, that you have no idea. Actually, most of the things you do are out of love and connection and belonging, right? And 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 so you spend your time trying to belong to these groups and everything else. So I would just say, um, it hasn't changed me to a label. Um, what has done is made me question a whole bunch of other things that I thought I knew. So, so when I, when I see some of my friends 
billionaires, everything else, and um, that have accumulated their wealth not through ingenuity, through having assets before somebody else while the money printer has been on full, full blast. And, and when that person looks over and says something uh, like, those people should work harder, I want to strangle them. I want to, so, so that's what it's made me do because, because, um, and and so, so, and, and then it's also made me look at the entire system, all governments and, and they're fighting over the wrong thing. So they're, 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 now you're getting socialism, capitalism, capitalism, that's distorting capitalism. And all these people are yelling at each other in the middle, Mm -hmm. dividing society further and further. And they all have it wrong. They're fighting over an economic system that will not work anymore, no matter what. And they all have their different ways to try to revive that one, that economic system for political gain. So I'm going to give uh, on the socialists, don't worry, you don't have to work. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of UBI and and money, right? Where does that money come from? It's insanity, right? On a capitalist, don't worry, we need a strong, thriving economy to, but we're going to bail out the the creators of this and we're going to create uh, low interest rates and everything else. Where does that money come from? So, so this, it's a, it's a system that's, and libertarians are, are probably closer, but here's the thing on the way through, it's going to be ugly because, because mm-hmm. there's a, if you said next steps, there is a depression coming, a massive long-term depression, world global depression because of deflation if governments stop doing what they're doing or they keep doing what they're doing and eventually you're going to have currency failures all over the globe and then depression. And yeah. so, so, and then, so now if you go to was Bitcoin first or I'm insanely curious, I read about 50 books a year. So, so I've always, I've, I've known about Bitcoin. I was, I looked deep when it came out and everything else. But I would say I came to Bitcoin. A lot of people come into what's happening in the world through Bitcoin. I came in the, uh, to, to from the opposite direction. What's happening in the world through technology, what that means for our economic systems. Bitcoin is the, is the best, uh, to me, the, the only thing that's going to protect your value. Did, did it click straight away for you with Bitcoin? Were you like, shit, yeah. this is the answer? Yeah, it did. It yeah, did. It did. Yeah. So do you class yourself a Bitcoiner now? Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 so it's, it's the same thing when, when, when somebody puts a label on you, right. <laughs> and, right. It's a, it, it's a, it, 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 so, so, so when I classify myself a Bitcoiner, I don't say, so I'll use an example here. There's a whole bunch of gold bugs, right. Mm-hmm. Who, the Bitcoin community is totally against, right? Because okay. you're, 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 and they both fundamentally care about the same thing. Sound exactly about exactly the same thing. Yeah. And and if if instead of trying to divide those communities, if you actually unite it and say we both care about the same thing, we might have a different view of it. That's just a bet. I think this well, one. I you think this agree. one. Yeah, so I, I have no idea why the people are so mad about the, the other people who want sound money. Well, do you know what it is? I think it's it's a fight for probably what they own the most of. So yeah, but, but, but I think 
I think a lot of the gold bugs are like, I don't, I don't understand this, like these technologies, these, this like Bitcoin, this, uh, I don't understand these bytes and these ones and zeros. I like my lump of yellow, I've got it. And I think the Bitcoiners are like, oh, technology is going to outpace you. It's going to eventually be Bitcoin. And, and look, it, maybe it will be. But in this transition period right now, I think both have value in different ways. And that's why I like someone, I don't know if you know Dan Tapero. I think um, yeah, really I yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Dan's great because he's both, right? He understands yeah. the value of Bitcoin, understands the value of gold. Uh, I don't own gold, but I, I, I've been talking recently about getting some, and I'm so close. I'm literally teetering on the edge because I, I think with everything that's going to happen, it'd be good to have a good to hedge with both. And 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 here's why I don't. But it's not it's not anything against gold bugs. It's not a. It, it, it's just when I when I think about a, a bat. Um, an asymmetric bet, right? Where I want my capital. Gold is a $10 trillion market cap. Bitcoin's a $150 billion market cap. And so when I think about the upside versus downside, the only reason gold is a $10 trillion market cap, I'm not arguing it can't go higher to 30 trillion or something like that. I'm arguing that it's 10 trillion because it was used to be pegged to money. It's no longer pegged to money. It's not a $10 trillion market cap because of jewelry, right? It's no longer pegged to money. If you believe that it's going to be pegged to money again, then it'll hold that value and go higher. If you don't, then Bitcoin will go from 150 billion to that or higher, and one of those will collapse. Right. right. So, so when I look at the asymmetric bet, that's why I, I'm a bit. That's why I believe in Bitcoin. I, I think the power of technology is better. I think there's a whole bunch of everything else, but and so it's more likely the currency, the the currency reserve or the reserve currency of the future, are more likely uh, Bitcoin than gold. But that's just a bet, right? And I have nothing against somebody who wants to make a different bet. Next up, I talk to Jeff more about Bitcoin and deflation. But before that, I have a message from my amazing sponsors. So, firstly, we have Kraken the best place to buy, sell, and trade Bitcoin. So why are Kraken the best? Well, firstly, their world-class security makes them the most trusted cryptocurrency exchange on the market. And with their 24-7, 365 customer support, whatever problem you have, whoever you are, wherever you are, they will help you fix it. They also have the most comprehensive suite of tools for buying Bitcoin. You can go to kraken.com where it could not be easier to sign up and start buying Bitcoin. They also have a beautiful mobile-first app so you can buy Bitcoin on the go. So wherever you are, if you're at Starbucks and you're ordering your Frappuccino and you're thinking, you know what? I want some Bitcoin. You can do that on the go with Kraken Pro. And they also have margin trading, futures, and their OTC desk. Kraken's got every option covered for you. There is no better place to trade Bitcoin. Find out more at kraken.com or download the app, which is available for the iPhone and Android. Just search for Kraken Pro, which is K-R-A-K-E-N-P-R-O. Also, we have BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services. Have you also checked out their mobile app? They did an absolutely amazing job with this. Everything you expect from BlockFi packed into your phone. There's a quick and easy sign up. You can get started in just minutes, allowing you to earn interest, borrow USD, and instantly access your portfolio. And with a BlockFi interest account, you can earn money on your Bitcoin. Using your Bitcoin as collateral, you can also take out a USD loan, and the app enables funds to be transferred directly from a crypto wallet into your BlockFi account. So much more coming from BlockFi this year. You know I'm going to let you know what's coming. If you're interested in finding out more, I do recommend you do your own research. Then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. All right, so let's, let's get into the detail now. 
let's get into the book. So you talk a lot about technology being deflationary and one of the arguments against deflation that you'll hear from economists or uh, political leaders is that if we go into a period of deflation, people will buy less. They'll be like, I'm not going to buy that because it's going to be cheaper in two months. And the only time I've ever thought that really, really holds value to me is is something like a house. Because I feel like I genuinely believe there'll be house deflation this year at 10%. You know, and I wanted to move house. You're talking about a significant amount of money. But you talk about things like TVs. I'm not going to put off buying a TV because I think in two months there's a small chance it might be worth £50 less. Right. So that argument doesn't work for me. But you talk about technology being deflationary, yet we have inflationary money. Can you just go into the detail of that? So first, let's define deflation and inflation, right? Because I think that's important. Because again, people don't look deep enough. What is deflation? It's really quite simple. When mm-hmm. goods and services go down in price versus your money, right? Is that a bad thing? Um, so if that happened, people would save more money. And if you had more money, if you had more savings, and you saw an opportunity, you'd buy, right? It's just it's that simple. Inflation is the opposite when you're when when your currency is worth less in real terms because your goods and services are always going up. So if if instead of government saying we have these inflation targets that we can't hit, if they said we're trying to destroy your currency and we're having a real trouble doing it, right? You'd kind of go, what? <laughs> but nobody asked that question, <laughs> right? The, um, so it's not a deflation isn't a bad thing. It's just that system was designed for inflation. And let's use the house example. So now, if a system is designed for inflation, then you know the the house is going to go up in value over and over and over because the currency underneath it is going to be worth less. And that means if you take on a whole bunch of debt, right, you're later on, you're paying that debt back with cheaper dollars tomorrow because those mm-hmm. dollars are worth less and hopefully you get paid more and more through your life and you get uh, and and that happens and now you connect the entire world to this game right and everybody has their own currency so everyone in china knows that they have to devalue their currency again because they're going to try to protect their jobs so their currency value is going to come down right russia today dropped interest rates, staggering amount, said way more easing. Their currencies are coming down. And anybody that is in that is in that local currency before it happens says, I got to get my currency out of here because it's going to be worthless. And so where am I going to put it? I'm going to put it in real estate, right? Because it'll store value as, as, as countries destroy their currencies. And so real estate races in price up. And the, the people with that real estate, because it's designed to do that keep they keep winning 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 and taking more of the pie well the people that are on a treadmill trying to capture that are getting their dollars are worth less and less and they can't never catch up so 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 that's why real estate's going up it's a simple question in the last 20 years this is before covid there has been 185 trillion dollars of new money created to produce 46 trillion dollars of economic gain Say that again, $4 for every dollar, $1 of growth. And, and, that's bef- and that's to try to stop this deflationary impact. And if you just ask the opposite question, 
what would real estate prices, what would real estate look like without $185 trillion of new money? You would see that those prices would be coming down as well. Yeah. And more people could afford. More people could afford. Exactly. And, And so that's what I mean. That technology would mean that if you stopped if you stopped fighting gravity, if central banks stopped fighting gravity, you'd have broad distribution of the benefits of de- technology. By fighting it, you're concentrating the wealth, you're concentrating the monopolies, you're concentrating everything. Well, listen, I've been doing a, um, a deep dive into Stephen Mnuchin. It's a four-part series on <laughs> yeah, the show, yeah, right? Yeah. But the second part, I did, I covered One West, what happened with One West Bank and the, the foreclosure machine they created. And the fascinating part of that story that I didn't know, that I didn't find out until we deep dive, wasn't so much the fact that he bought the bank and created the foreclosure machine, which itself was terrible. But look, there's an argument he tried to turn around the bank. It looks like he did it with practices that were illegal. But the really interesting part of this is that I don't know how much you know about this, but there was a similar incident during the Great Depression. And instead of offloading the the, the, the FDIC, instead of the government offloading the banks like the FDIC did to anyone who would buy them, Roosevelt put in a plan whereby the government would just take on the properties and they would give people about a year to kind of turn themselves around. If they really couldn't pay their mortgages back, then eventually they would uh, foreclose on them and uh, sell their homes. What the FDIC did, say, for example, with One West, is they sold the bank on the cheap to them for like $1.6 billion, themselves taking a $13 billion loss. But when One West started selling the properties for closing, the FDIC did a, uh, uh, came to an agreement with them that they would cover the majority of the loss on the property. So say if it's a $300,000 mortgage, they could auction the property off for $100,000, no incentive to maximise the value, because the FDIC would provide the 200000 difference. But the really interesting thing was is that all these properties were bought by kind of venture capital firms. First, hedge, hedge funds, Blackstone. Hedge funds, sorry, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. well, f- Colony first, and then then Blackstone, and they ended up with tens of thousands. I think it was eighty-eight thousand properties. So this concentration of wealth, you're totally right, and I think this is what a lot of people don't see: that this cheap, cheap debt that they're able to buy up all these properties. And what it ended up meaning is there's a concentration of homes owned by a, a hedge fund who can then raise the prices with kind of predatory rental prices and predatory rental treatment because it's not only do they control the properties, control the prices, they actually can't put in the practices to act like a, a decent landlord. Like if I'm a landlord or you're a landlord, they've got the problem, somebody phones up. When you've when you've got managing 80, 90, 100,000 properties, actually having those kinds of procedures in place don't happen. So people ended up paying higher rents for a lower quality service and made it harder for them to get on the ladder. And this, to me, was the most disgusting example of where capitalism's lost control. Yeah, but that's 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 when I said before that um, you're protecting things from failing, right? Yeah. And and you're gifting the architects of this failure more of the more of the wealth. That's yeah, what's happening. Yeah. So now prices are artificially high because you because governments have created that artificially high price in the first place, and there's a whole bunch of people that can't pay their rents, fighting mm-hmm. to try to, to keep up with those artificial prices. It's 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 systemic. It's a it's this system the, the way the system is architected around inflation forces that to happen. It's there the is uh, no what idea. is it? It's to privatize profits, socialize losses. And, and, and so the big theme of the book, the, the underlying theme beyond the technology, what, what happens, 
is what happens next in that when that happens is political parties divide us. You create an yep. internal enemy. You have to create an internal enemy first to get elected. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. It's the, those people's fault. And then mm -hmm. after that, you need a bigger external enemy. That's how revolutions and wars start. And, so and I'm going to uh, uh, before we come jump to that one because I've got that. You said you. you, you you know what's coming. And I think we all know what's coming. And the, the signs are everywhere, not even just in the US or the UK, Lebanon right now. Or totally. I was in uh, I was in uh, Chile recently to, to yep. see the protests there. It's all the same everywhere. But but just before we get to that, like, have you looked at the why? You know, if you look to the uh, the why, why this has happened, is this does this really just come down to politicians politicking and wanting to stay in power, therefore kicking the can down the road, when really they... Or, or is or is it also that we because we're we're in this kind of like globalized world that for one country to stand back and step back and say we're not going to play this stupid game anymore actually just makes them anti-competitive and makes so, the situation much worse for us. You know, what, have you looked at like why this is happening? So that was a that that's a great question, and it's a it, that question is a bridge building question, mm -hmm. and 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 here's what I would like to. It's not that there are some, some people. Are manipulating the system. Most people have no idea how fast technology is moving, and that there's mm -hmm. another way, and they're trapped, right? So let's let's try to let's think about designing our way out of here, right? How do you, as a politician, say we're going to cause a depression, right? We're going to stop doing this, and and by the way, if we stop doing this and we cause a depression and we let everything reset. Right? And people are people can't eat. People don't have jobs. Everything else. We also make our economy uncompetitive because other governments are going to keep printing money, right? So, in that world, you keep kicking the can down the road and trying to make it uh, make make it worse, unaware that you uh, that that you're that you're, you're causing the very thing you hate the, the most to happen. That you're causing society to break. Completely oblivious to it. I don't think it's a whole bunch of bad people i think it's a, a bad system mm -hmm. without and that's actually why i use the the business examples kodak created the digital camera right and and went bankrupt because they didn't use it right yeah. um, and 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 because and and big biggest like for a hundred years kodak was the name in, in cameras and went bankrupt because they didn't use it it's a normal course that, that businesses don't see what's coming and those businesses are filled with some of the smartest people and everything else, but they get caught in their rut. So if, if a business with all these great people in it can't see it, why would anybody else not be able to, like in, in government or where, what have you, not see it? And, and so they're just caught in a system, and that loop just keeps on accelerating. Well, or are they caught in a system and they know the way out, but they no, don't want don't to be the full guy? I don't think so. I don't think right. most people. I wrote the book because I wrote the book because for over ten years I've been talking to people about this and and kind of see and and predicting the second order consequences and watching those ramp up and watching watching two thousand eight happen, watching everything else start is ramping up mm -hmm. predictably, right against a, against a deflationary technology deflationary path, and and thinking why isn't anybody else talking about this? Right. It's actually surprising, super surprising that when this book came out and a whole bunch of people uh, started talking about it, people are saying that's the thing that's happening that's driving everything else. Right. 
that because they finally when you once you see it it's impossible to unsee it, and if you understood how fast technology is moving if you're actually in kind of how fast it's actually moving and sitting in some of the companies and, and was seeing what's happening you're going it's impossible to unsee what i'm saying right and and so what i love about kind of the traction on the book and what's happening and i never exper- i never expected this is a whole bunch of people are now putting their finger on it i was invited uh, the house of commons in canada to uh, to to speak to the house of commons so now at least there's an awareness and i don't think that awareness is global i don't think mainstream media has picked this up at all yet but it's coming and 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 once and once yeah. there's that aware and once there's an awareness and you you said it already the bitcoin crowd has known this for a long time they might not have known its technology but they knew they knew the system was rigged against currency and the the system was rigged right they didn't well, and it's so and yeah and it's so obvious right now like it, yeah. it couldn't even be clearer once it's like that it's the uh, it's the matrix moment right once, exactly once you yeah. see and then it all kind of becomes obvious and look i, I i'm uh I'm more of a creative than a technologist or a or an economist, but even I kind of I see what's going on right now. And it was quite interesting actually when I was talking to Preston because he recommended the Ray Dalio video. The was it the Economic Machine? Yeah. And I watched that, and I, I've been aware of boom and bust cycles because of uh, economics at school. But he talked about this bigger cycle, this bigger seventy-year cycle, and I was like, shit, <laughs> we're at the end of this. And, <laughs> and here's this. Yeah. So in, in Ray Dalio, he, he misses the technology piece. So Ray Dalio right now, and, and whether he believes it or not, he's, I think he's a proponent of MMT that, or, or maybe not even a proponent, but I think he believes that's going to happen. Actually, it, it might happen, right? That, that more and more uh, happens. And so he knows a cycle, but that cycle is all looking back without what's happening with technology today. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not that we haven't always had technology. In in the 30s, actually, a lot of what created this, the, the Industrial Revolution before, in the past cycles, is electrification. And then after electrification, you had a whole bunch of new jobs, new industries that sat on top of that, um, that and they were more efficient, and they created uh, uh, better markets and more jobs. And people say, there's economists that say that that's what we're going through today, electrification. We are not going through electrification. There is no, there is no one in technology that thinks AI is like electricity. Nobody used to say electricity is going to be smarter than us. Right? The uh, AI is a t- completely different game. So the deflation we're going to experience because of the tools today is going to be staggering. Well, there's this great book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called Engines That Move Markets. And it's, I, I haven't like, read that one. Se- I think you'd like it. There's about seven or eight chapters, and it's, it covers electricity, the telephone, the railroads. I think the last one in it's the internet. It's the key significant changes that happened that kind of moved the world one step forward. Um, the technology advancements that changed everything. And I keep thinking, actually, there is a chance that if that book was reissued in the future, that something like Bitcoin might be part of that because. There is a chance that I, I, I mean, I personally believe that Bitcoin is one of those things that can save us from. This I, 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 I agree with you. I completely yeah. agree with you. But I'm not I mean, utopian about it yet. But I, I think it's a chance. Well, well, if you had it, so if you actually had a currency like uh, Bitcoin, and I think governments will eventually be forced to peg to it, 
because the on by the way if you if it grew too fast satoshi was brilliant in the game theory and designing it and everything else if it grew too fast governments would have shut it down a long time ago right but then the network growth of what it is and what i think is going to happen next means the on-ramps are slower and slower and slower or they're they're, they're slower and, and then faster and it spreads to more people and once people you ask somebody from venezuela who had bitcoin and saved their family and they could uh, feed themselves are they ever going to trust a currency again are they or, um, lebanon and and more and more countries and more and more people are making that choice and now hedge funds are making that cho uh, choice paul tudor jones are making that which will drive tons of other people into this and it's going to be really hard at some point to because bitcoin works on a network effect everybody's going to race in at the same time and 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 so so i suspect that after that happens governments are going to be forced to peg to it and then mm -hmm. um and then and then you have a you have a you have a common currency, you have a hard currency that forces the, um, if the path of technology allows deflation, then there's less jobs. And some people say there'd be more jobs. If there'd be more jobs, Bitcoin will work too, right? But if there's less jobs, you force a natural order to things and prices come down and less people are left out, right? You have wide mm -hmm. distribution. You have wide distributions of the gains of technology instead of narrow ones. It's it's a forcing function. So I, I tend to agree with you. I think Bitcoin um, is that could or could be that. Well, let's talk about about these next steps then, because you, you've talked about you know, revolutions, and we're starting to see kind of like the the early steps of revolutions building. Some of it around some weird kind of politics and identity stuff, but but at the same time, everywhere you go, it's the same. And and I've I've seen I've traveled the world a lot. I've been really fortunate with this podcast to travel the world, a lot of South America, Asia, etc. And as I said to you, look, the, pat the pattern's the same. Once you get the concentrations of wealth, you get a, a financial inequality. And whether it's government corruption or just people at the bottom of the rung blaming corruption. And somebody said this brilliant thing about um, this protest where he, protester he saw in Chile. And he had this sign, he said, we're not for the left or the right, we're from below. <laughs> Once, uh, once you, it doesn't matter what you think about the the, the, the how government should be run, etc. Once you have mass uh, uh, social inequality, you get uprisings, you get social unrest, you get people fed up that that they're paying into a system, and most of the wealth is going to other people, and they can't afford basics. And we're starting to see that in a lot of different places, like you said, Lebanon, and I said Lebanon, and yeah, parts of the world. So, talk me through how you see this playing out. So if I'm talking about how I see this through, through playing out, I'm going to talk about how I see it playing out, but not what I want to happen. Okay. okay. So the probabilities of Let's what... Let's do both. Yeah, okay. So, so the high probability that how this plays out is governments keep doing what they're doing. And they force more concentration of wealth. In the U.S., billionaires gained in the last two months uh, $545 billion more well, everybody else lost. It's a staggering stat, but it's 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 just the nature of money. You're forcing that wealth into the hands of the people that by protecting those asset prices and making them going higher because you're destroying the value of the currency. That is happening today. It's happening on steroids everywhere. And so, 
if you thought that the last cycle created the marches and everything else and what's happening today, the next cycle is unfathomable, right? People right now aren't rising up because right now they're being gifted money from the government to stay home, right? But their jobs aren't coming back. And when the government can't pay them any more money to stay home, what are they going to do? Right, you have homelessness at all times, all time highs. You have, and it's and, and and so the next cycle of this, because of what's happening, is it, it's it, it's a hotbed, and 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 people, people that have no hope for their future, they're sitting on the street or 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 a paycheck away from from not being able to make it, and their kids and their kid has medical bills that they can't pay for. If somebody tells them it's not your fault, it's that person's fault over there. See the person on the ivory, the ivory tower that has billions of dollars. At some point, they they take their pitchforks out, run up the hill, and take it all back. Right? What do you think? What do you think happened in in, in Germany in 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 thirties with the election of Hitler? Right? And who was who who was the enemy? Take it back. It's not your fault. It's those people's fault with the with all the money, right? And we're going to take it back. That's what happens to society. It's scary. It's scary, 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 and that's what's happening. And, well, we're seeing and, the rise of populism, right? I mean, this is why we had Brexit. This is why we had Trump. You know, this this is why <coughs> Venezuela had you know, Chavez years ago. Totally. Um, it's the rise of populism. Yeah. And, and and it's on both sides, right? And it's uh-huh. on both sides because and, and so what I love what you did. You've traveled a lot. You've traveled even even when you asked me the labeling question and every, everything else. People, you go through these cycles, and and I I think overall humanity would have died out a long time if we didn't have a bias for cooperation, right? Mm-hmm. But anytime there's a lot of cooperation it creates an incentive to cheat. Does that make sense? Right. So yeah, game theory, game theory, uh, just if you, if you looked at game theory, it's just a, so use a fast lane uh, driving in the fast lane. Right. So the, yeah, well, I've got it here. One of my questions for you is like, how do we deal with the human nature of greed? So, so, so you have to design into this, right. You have yeah. to design into this. And so, so if, um, it, it, fast lanes are good, it's, it's a simple example, but, if everybody's driving in the slow lane and you're a single occupant vehicle and you decide to drive in the fast lane and you get away with it, your commute time is way less and you gain more of incentive. If everybody follows your lead and fills a fast lane, everybody loses, right? That's a simple equation and everything else. But the same thing is in society broadly. So as more and more people cheat, it creates expose, exposures, and then there's an incentive for cooperation again. So today, I think we're actually, so gold, U.S. going off the gold reserve because they couldn't pay for Vietnam War and exporting that problem right, to other mm-hmm. countries was the first change in the economic rules. Now they had a global currency that was a U.S. dollar. It was the first cheat, right? And the response to that Little at first, people didn't see it because it was so minor. Little at first, expand, 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 and now you have every country manipulating its its trade 
by manipulating their currencies, right? So you have full cheat <laughs> everywhere, and the system is just ter terrible. And Bitcoin is the opposite, right? And so that's what's happening. It's and and so I believe that their cooperation, people who unite, you can you can win short term power by dividing, because it's so powerful when somebody is left out of society to say it's not your fault it's theirs and you can aggregate power you can aggregate power and if you're good at that you can aggregate a lot of power those leaders who divide are always short-lived single term sometimes they consolidate so much power that is more of it but they don't look they don't look history does not judge them well right well, yeah, and also, we, we have like a history of, uh, of those leaders tending to change constitutions or... Totally. But that's what uh, I mean. That's that's the reason they... Power. Yeah, that's why Deep they stay in power longer, uh, because yeah. they change the constitution and everything else. But eventually, that's why I say eventually those leaders do not do, uh, do, do, not do well. History does not... Uh, yeah. I just went out to Bolivia as well, which went through that exact same process. Right. And, uh, you know, I was also having a conversation with somebody yesterday. We were talking about, you know, in any other country in the world, Donald Trump would probably be the type of person who would change the constitution to retain power. And yeah. if, it's, if a Trump supporter is listening to this, it's probably going to trigger them. But I see, I see the, some of his patterns. And I, I, I'm not one of these people who has like Trump derangement syndrome. I think he's done some good things and some bad things. And I think he's uh, got some. Yeah, things about him I like, things about him I dislike, but I certainly think he shares a lot of characteristics with someone like Erdogan, and I could see him wanting to wrestle more control and more power. Yeah, it's and, happening. Uh, it's happening today. Yeah, but but he, he, I think he's he's the president of the one country where he wouldn't be able to change uh, and, and and wrestle a third term. Right. I, just, I don't think he'll win the second term, but I think he's thankfully the U.S. I don't think I don't even think Republicans would let him do that. <laughs> it's a, it, you know it's hard to say right now. It, it, yeah. I, it, it's hard to say. It, it's hard to look at what's happening and say, "Wow, th this is not okay." Right? It's not mm -hmm. okay for society. But but think go back go back go back to first principles. Two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. Right. So two thousand eight. Long before he was elected. Long before he yep. decided to run. Two thousand eight. Um, you allow what should have happened happen. So that was a coin flip, right? So the it wasn't housing; it was debt, too much debt. The the bubble was housing because of too much debt. Instead of fixing that problem, because global markets were stopping, right? Trade globally was uh, was stopping. Instead of fixing that problem, they gifted the architects of that problem insane money and socialized all the losses mm -hmm. if they didn't trump was one of the biggest beneficiaries of that right because he uh, because most of his real estate holdings and massive leverage against that if they didn't he would have been wiped out to zero complete zero and people holding cash that got destroyed because they destroyed the currency value and people holding cash would have bought up those assets for pennies on the dollars and that would have been the new leaders. So, so a manipulation way back here that nobody even talks about 
he gets elected because he's a really smart business guy. It has nothing to do with smart business guys. It, like, it has nothing to do. It's, it's, he was gifted a whole bunch of money because you warped capitalism. And, and the, the leader of the U.S. Is, is the leader because of that, because a whole bunch of people believe he's a smart business guy. It's just luck. Ironic, really. All right, so, Jeff, you've talked about what you think will happen, but you also were very clear it's not what you want to happen. What do you want to happen? Um, this Because this is a Bitcoin uh, podcast, people might get mad at this uh, no, this don't. thing. Okay. So, but 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 this is. Do I want this to? So, if governments got together and created a Bitcoin-like uh, currency that that said, "This is going to have all the same properties of Bitcoin, and we can agree on the terms of this," and then build the transition path so society could get through this next transition. I would take zero on my Bitcoin and be happy with that that path, it, because it would kill Bitcoin's value, and it would uh, and and you could have something a currency that was was followed rules like Bitcoin that that would uh, would permeate society, right? So that. Um, you know, I'm going to have questions here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, so like, who creates those rules? But so, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is the same rules of Bitcoin, right? <laughs> the same rules. Of, so, so let's say governments, instead of fighting and everyone having their own digital currency, they agree on a common standard and 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 do something, doing do something like that and move that out. Then, then, then maybe that's a way. That you could bridge through this. So the the um, uh, Keynes argued not the U.S. currency. He said it needs to be the Bancor, right? And yeah. uh, instead of U.S. currency, and uh, to to be pegged to, because a government will will change the rules and they'll drop gold instead of and 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 if you had a different agreement on a currency by a whole bunch of country, countries, that wouldn't be allowed. He predicted why, but why, why get a bunch of current uh, companies to, uh, sorry countries together to agree on a you know currency technology like bitcoin when we already have bitcoin why, why not just agree so, to use what we already have why why, yeah. why don't you make that leap so 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 that's what i said that's what's going to happen right they won't do that that if they did it um then then you could probably because they would hold most of the they would hold a bunch of the wealth in it right and they could, they could, as they distributed that out, same same rules. You could create instead of going through a, depre a massive depression, you might be able to have an easier bridge for the world. So now, I don't know if that's true, no. and I certainly don't. And, and I'm just thinking thinking out loud, out loud. I certainly don't believe there's any chance of that happening. Yeah, no, I agree. They and I think if anything, they will fight. They're gonna, they're 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 gonna fight they're gonna fight it with everything else, and so then then I hope it's Bitcoin. I it is going to be Bitcoin, um, yeah. but uh, uh, but because and 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 just the natural the way the Bitcoin's built and and um, it will be distributed to more and more people, and more people will gain 
a gain through that. Obviously, the early people yeah. would be, have more of the gains and everything else. But, but imagine, just let's play this scenario forward. Mm-hmm. To, tomorrow, currencies let loose, and the people who have Bitcoin are, have all the power. Right? Mm-hmm. Think, of the, think of the destruction of, of what it looks like. Most people don't have Bitcoin. Think of the destruction to society, and like if this happened fast, what happens when people can't eat? When people when when trade stops? When when yeah. when they, like it's such well, I've a seen whole, it. yeah. I know because you've traveled. I've traveled extensively, yeah, yeah. and I went out to uh, Venezuela. I'm trying to remember. Was it? It was either the end of last year or start of this year. That's how messed up this year is. I actually can't remember where I went there. when I went there. But I firstly went to the border town of Cucutar in Colombia. And saw all the people every day flooding over the border to buy things. And then I went into Venezuela and to Caracas and I just saw the weird things that have come out of this. But also in preparation, I studied. I've seen what's happening with the um, paramilitaries running the gold mines. I, I've, I've seen what's happening with Maduro and the propaganda. Like, I've seen it all. I've got a real kind of clear picture of what happens. And look, this, whatever transitionary period we go through, is every it's something painful is coming. Um, I just want to go back to the Bitcoin thing, though, because I think it's an important point, and I understand what you're saying. And, and perhaps if Bitcoin hadn't been invented, and countries had got together and 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 try to agree on a Bitcoin technology, I don't think they ever would have, because it's it's not within their interest. And actually, it becomes politicized. And then, how do you distribute it? It's like these carbon negotiations, these um, these uh, global warming negotiations, where third world countries say, "Well, you had the head start. You know, why should we?" pay for that blah 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 uh, i think the beautiful thing about bitcoin it's like we have it it is there there's whilst we have uh, incentives ourselves and risks you know jeff you decide how much bitcoin you want to put in is it 10 percent your wealth three percent 50 percent i know some people got 100 percent. in some ways countries have a similar decision will they adopt bitcoin you know will any and if they do like where's the snowball effect what will be really interesting is when one country has and announces it. I keep talking about it, and a lot of people talk about this. But imagine it's like, I don't know, next week Sweden announces we're using Bitcoin as our reserve currency. Firstly, the price goes crazy. Yeah. And secondly, other countries suddenly go, hold on, we have to look at that. I've actually got no doubt there are some countries who've, who are looking into this anyway. So, so I totally agree that's what's going to happen. Like that is what's going to happen. They have to. If I, if you're a smart government right now, you're accumulating this in the background, right? The, uh, um, and, and that might come from. So a lot of Amazon uh, kind of monopoly power today. It's actually not the existing uh, companies, the existing power brokers that that start using it. It's all the people left out, right? So Amazon was created by a whole bunch of people who couldn't get access into into um, besides books, but couldn't get access into Walmart, right? And that here's a distribution channel I can use. And then the the tail drives so fast that then it, then everybody has to, is forced to adopt it. So you could have tail countries that are getting killed by this whiplash of U.S. currency and everything else start to adopt it this in this in the same way. So I actually totally agree with you in what's uh, in, in, in what's happening, but ask some of the second order consequences of that, right? So, mm-hmm. so today we rely on lights for our street, right? We rely on on roads. 
we rely we rely on all those things. So if this happens so fast that it breaks down governments because people have the power, what are you going to do with that? Right. Um, and so it, it, it needs to have systems built around it. We needs to have a, we need to have a social safety net for, for people left out of society. So, uh, otherwise it's, it's chaos everywhere. And, and a lot of people, and, and so it's not that I don't do, like, I totally agree where this is going, but what about the other things and how fast mm. do those come? Right. Because you've seen societies that just have a total collapse and breakdown of it, it's, it's ugly. And we don't think it will come to us. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and we don't, we don't, and, and yes, uh, you have a bunch of Bitcoin. I have a bunch of Bitcoin. We'll be somewhat protected, but I don't want to live in that society. No. No, and I, I, I'm not one of these people who goes on about the citadels. And I'm, I'm from the UK. I don't really want to arm myself with an AR-15. Totally. You know, the, the, I'm not complete, so anti-state that I actually, I actually like some of like the civilized parts of it that we do have. Um, right. But but the transition is the thing that I don't understand, and I don't know how painful it will be and how scary scary will be. And that's the bit I'm I'm really intrigued by and, and wondering how it happened because you are right we we could lose street lights or we could have a complete breakdown of society you know we could have even bigger inequality when it when it when it happens and I'm more into the idea of a painless slow transition than this uh, this kind of scary thought of a currency collapse but we could face a currency collapse that's the thing Jeff we could face the pound could collapse the dollar could collapse. The more, and it's become more likely all the time. Like what's happening? Yeah. What's what's happening? And and so so what I, what scares me? Why I said what I want to happen? I want the slow transition as well. I if it's if it's slow, then then we actually have time to do all the other things. Um, but the more the governments are printing against this problem, the more likely it is that we have a sudden collapse. And that's that's what really scares me. So let me let me ask you a final question because um, and this has been brilliant. It's exactly what I wanted to talk about with you. But as somebody who studied this, read a lot about it, written a book about it, and then also is interested in Bitcoin and studied Bitcoin, do you think in this kind of like Bitcoin world that there are any very obvious blind spots that you think proponents of Bitcoin have? I don't actually don't think the very obvious blind, blind spots. I think okay, the, the connect, I, I think the connection to technology I think was underestimated before I wrote the book, and a lot of the Bitcoin community really now understands that. But um, but I don't think blind spots. What I'd say if I said a, a blind spot, the blind spot is what we just talked about. The blind spot is if if you want Bitcoin to go to to a million dollars next year, then you're actually cheering. For chaos, right? And and, and you're cheer, you're cheering for the, that that. Uh, um, if you would I rather, I think some have, people do want it though. I, I, exactly, exactly. But but I don't think they've asked the next question about w- what the world looks like when they have that wealth and nobody else does. It looks just as ugly, and um, in just it just in, inverts. And so, it, so because how does the rest of their things work? How do they get the th- basic needs that they want and everything else? And, 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 and what does society look like? I don't, so, so that I think is being underestimated. And, and I, and so I would love, 
there's a bunch of people in Bitcoin, in the Bitcoin community that do this, and 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 I'm very aligned to those people. They want it for the sake of humanity. They want it mm-hmm. for they, uh, they, they and and so so I think those types of questions. How do we build it that it's so that the most people benefit on the way through through instead of it's just a transfer of wealth to different different faces. Right. Well, one of the good things about a lot of the big people I know in Bitcoin, there is a lot of paying it forward. There is a lot of, yeah, a lot of the wealthier Bitcoiners I know actually they like funding developers. They like distributing totally. money, and it seems it seems I don't know. I I don't know why that is, um, but I I tend to see that a lot. Whereas I, I I tend to look at the billionaires in the world, the Blackstones and the Mnuchins and people like that. They don't give a fuck about anyone but themselves and their buddies. So so here's the thing, and. I actually believed that too before I knew a bunch of people, right? That that, that had that, and and it's not true, right? It, we believe it's true because we mm-hmm. see the media and everything else. It's true for some of them, and it's just like it's true for some Bitcoiners. But mm-hmm. the, by and large, people, by and large, people are are generally good. They're thinking about their own families and everything else. And what am I going to do too? And 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 so. It's easy to get caught up into that us. It's so easy. It's so addictive to get it caught up into that us versus them. So the mm, that's a so, point. Um, and and again, know people that are that are billionaires and know them really well, and 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 see how they act and see how they're really great community people and they give back and everything else. They don't want this to happen either. There are some that are just useless, but there's bad. There's bad eggs everywhere right there's some in the bitcoin community i've been in by and by and large in all of these communities but in the bitcoin community i've been blown away by how great most of the people are mm-hmm. if i if i had one message i would say unite the camps <laughs> unite, unite the camps for humanity stop it depends which it. camps you mean if, so, if you're talking about Bitcoin versus other cryptocurrencies, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, sound money advocates, right? Okay, Bitcoin, Bitcoin and gold. Yeah, Bitcoin and gold. Um, instead of instead of getting into what's so easy to do, it's those people, those faceless, nameless people. They're the problem. Look deeper and say it's a system that's the problem. It's not those faceless nameless people. It's a system. It's the problem. And if you do that, you'll unite. Instead of fighting a system, instead of fighting those people who are part of a system, you'll be able to build bridges to actually help it transition. So if I had one message for this community, it would be that. It's it's so important for humanity. We are in a structural change that most people don't see. And we're in the middle of it. And... There's a whole bunch of potential nasty situa- solutions or situations on on the way through, and it's and there is way more important to find uniters in that. I think that's a brilliant way to end it, Jeff. Um, this has been fantastic. Love this. Really enjoyed doing this. I'm going to recommend your book to everyone. I think people should read it. Um, I'm going to finish. I've got a long drive now. I've got a two-hour drive, so I'm going to listen to the rest of it. Well, most of the rest of it. Um, just before we go. Tell people how to find your book, how to find you, how to follow what you're doing. Uh, the book is The Price of Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Which I think is a great title uh, itself. Yeah. 
and you can follow me on uh, it's at Jeff Booth on on Twitter or JeffreyBooth.com is my uh, is my website, my personal website address. Awesome. Well, this was great. Really enjoyed this, Jeff. Really appreciate your time. Good luck with everything you do. I wonder, do, do you have a second book in you? I don't think so. I don't, it, don't so, think so. I, 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 again, I'm a technology entrepreneur. I love working with the technology companies. I'd never say never, but uh, but I didn't think I had a first book in me. Ah, well, <laughs> well, it's a great first book. Listen, good luck with everything you do. Uh, hopefully someday we'll meet in person and anything you ever need from me, you can reach out to me. And yeah, again, I really appreciate having your time today. Right back at you. I'd love to get together in person too. Thanks, Pete. All right. That was a pretty good show, right? What do you think of that? Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy listening to Jeff? I do recommend checking out his book. That is linked in the show notes. I'm about halfway through it myself. And he raises some really interesting points with all the crazy shit going on in the world right now. I really think over the next two, five, even 10 years, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, see how governments respond to this, see the role that Bitcoin plays. I'm becoming more and more hardened in my view that Bitcoin is a solution to a lot of the problems we are seeing. And I'm not scared of deflation anymore like I used to be. I don't see it as a, the deflationary boogeyman which we hear about so much. So anyway, thanks to Jeff for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any questions, you can hit me up. It is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. If you want to support the show, it's all up on my website. Just go to whatbitcoindid.com, click on the support section. Reviews on iTunes are very helpful right now. And also, if you want to check out my other show, Defiance, I've got some pretty cool shows up on there. You can check that out at defiance.news. Anyway, have a great week and I will see you soon.